You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I'm going to be talking about how to store your homegrown tomatoes. There are a lot of different ways that you can store your tomatoes for a lot of different uses throughout the fall and winter. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to be telling you how to make your own tomato paste. But first, a word from today's sponsor. So if you're like me, you are coming up on the end of tomato season. I'm recording this episode in mid-September, and I've got a few struggling tomatoes that are trying to ripen at the very tip-top of each plant. I'm waiting for those to ripen before I kind of pull the plants and just call the tomatoes done for the season. And I wanted to kind of go over all the different ways that I store my own tomatoes so that I can kind of give you some inspiration for storing your own and you can make the most out of your harvest so that none of your tomatoes go to waste. Now you might be wondering, first of all, what's the best way to store tomatoes in the short term? So when I say in the short term, I mean like you're planning on eating your tomatoes in the next week or so. And the best way is going to be room temperature. So if you're planning to eat the tomatoes that you've picked in the next couple of days, definitely store them at room temperature out of direct sunlight because direct sunlight is going to encourage them to keep ripening and you don't want that. You don't want them to become overripe. So keep them out of direct sunlight and then store them in a single layer so they're not smushing each other. Um, Either leave the stem on or if the stem came off, not a big deal, just kind of try to store them so that that stem side is facing down. So um, otherwise it's actually kind of allows the the tomato to oxidize and um, you don't want that. The place where the stem used to be, if it is allowed to oxidize, it just that's another thing that encourages the tomato to keep ripening and we don't want to do that. If you're not going to be eating those tomatoes within the next three or four days, then you're going to want to pop them in the refrigerator. This slows down the ripening process so that the tomato doesn't become overripe and begin to rot. So yes, when you leave a tomato in the refrigerator for too long, the flavor starts to get a little watery, the texture starts to get a little gritty, but honestly, it's better than the tomatoes rotting altogether, right? So yeah, storing your tomatoes in the refrigerator is going to buy you another three days or so. And then after that, science has kind of proven that there's a noticeable decline in flavor and texture. Cherry tomatoes you can store in the refrigerator for longer. They can be stored for about five to seven days without there being a big difference in their taste or texture. That's because they're a lot more um, juice and jelly inside and they don't have a ton of flesh that's going to get grainy like your bigger tomatoes and like um, like your beef steak tomatoes, the ones that you slice to put on sandwiches. But this episode is more about long-term tomato storage. And probably the biggest thing that I use my tomatoes for in terms of long-term storage is tomato sauce, like pasta sauce. I do have a recipe. It's up on my website, beeandbasil.com. If you just search for spaghetti sauce, it'll pop right up. 
but I think last year I made something like nine quarts of tomato sauce. We eat a lot of pasta, especially over the winter time when there's not a ton of fresh fruits and vegetables coming in the door. And it just, it keeps me from having to buy the stuff in cans from the store that has like a ton of preservatives in it. It has a ton of sugar added to it. You wouldn't believe how much sugar is in store-bought tomato sauce. Um, it's just a way for me to kind of control the healthfulness of, of what we're eating. Another way that I find really helpful to store my tomatoes is, is diced. And if you have never canned anything before, diced tomatoes are a really, really easy thing to start canning. So if you're not familiar with canning, again, on my website, I have a post that's kind of like an introduction to boiling water bath canning. It's, it's nothing incredibly difficult. All you need really are some canning jars, a giant pot of boiling water, you know, your diced tomatoes, and then some tongs that you can like reach into the boiling water and, and pull those cans out with when they're done. It's, it's really simple, really inexpensive. Honestly, the most expensive part of canning is going to be um, buying all the canning jars, but you can reuse the canning jars each year as long as they're not chipped or cracked. So diced tomatoes, really common ingredient in rice and pasta dishes. I put it in a lot of soups and stews in the wintertime, especially like chili. Um, I have a special chili recipe that I absolutely love and I use a ton of diced tomatoes for it. Along those same lines, I make homemade rotel. So um, rotel is that kind of tomato and chili um, mixture that you put in like your queso or if you have like a spicy pasta dish or a spicy rice dish. Rotel is literally just tomatoes, onions, and jalapenos. And in addition to growing my own tomatoes, I also grow onions and jalapenos. So I figured, well, why not go ahead and make some homemade rotel as well? Um, it's again, a really, really simple thing that you can can um, and it's really handy to have on hand. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can actually freeze your tomatoes whole. So this goes for things like large tomatoes. Um, you, can, you can freeze them whole with their skins on and everything. For best using in soups and stews in the wintertime, again, for things like chili, where you're not really going for texture, you're going for flavor. You just want that tomato flavor. Um, and cherry tomatoes, oh my gosh, you guys, right now I think I have like two gallon size freezer bags full of cherry tomatoes and they just, I use them, I can use those cherry tomatoes to make tomato sauce in the winter time too. I use them to make this like burst cherry tomato garlicky pasta sauce. It's really delicious. I'm planning on getting the recipe up there on the website this fall, the next time I make it and can snap some good photos. But um, once the frozen tomatoes are boiled, the skins just slip off and you can either pick them out or if you don't mind them, the texture of them, if you are going for a more rustic dish, you can leave them in. You can also use an immersion blender to, to blend them up. They're full of vitamins, so you might as well. Dry tomatoes, dehydrated tomatoes, are um, another space-saving way that you can use up and store your tomatoes. A lot of us, when we think of dried tomatoes, we think of sun-dried tomatoes. And, you know, there are still places in the world, like in Italy, or even in California where they do literally sun dry their tomatoes. They slice them up and they let them sit out in the sunshine. But 
I like to have a little more control over the process than that. You kind of never know what the weather is going to do here in Northeast Kansas. And um, I also just, the bugs, I can't even imagine the number of bugs that would end up on it. And it kind of skeeves me out. So I don't do it that way. I slice my tomatoes up and I put them in my food dehydrator and I let them dehydrate for like a whole 24 hours. So they are like shrunken down like you know those old like shrinky dink things where you put them in the oven and they and they shrink up teeny tiny that's what these tomato slices look like after I pull them out of the oven there's absolutely no moisture in them left whatsoever um they're really crispy and it's it's really space saving I can cram a ton of those things into a couple quart sized jars and then to reconstitute them all I have to do is throw them in a really shallow dish Um, or a really shallow pot of boiling water for like a minute or two and they'll kind of absorb all of that water and plump back up. Another thing you can do is dehydrate them, throw them in a jar, and then top that jar up with olive oil. You can add, you know, garlic cloves to it. You can add some herbs to it, but the tomatoes will kind of soak up that olive oil and it'll be like the sun-dried tomatoes in olive oil that you get at the grocery store. Again, super delicious. It flavors your olive oil and then you can, you know, dip your bread in like that tomato flavored olive oil. So good. Tomato soup. Now, you probably might not think about tomato soup being a way that you can store your tomatoes, but I actually love using my tomatoes and storing them this way because who does not love a big bowl of hot tomato soup with a grilled cheese sandwich in the middle of winter? I make that for dinner sometimes. That's It's just super easy, super delicious, and it brings back that summery flavor of tomatoes when it's like the furthest thing away from summer at your house. It's great. Um, As far as a recipe for tomato soup, I do recommend going with a recipe from a canning cookbook if you're planning on canning it, just because you have to be careful with the acidity level of things that you are water bath canning. So I use the tomato soup recipe that is in the ball canning cookbook. Ball is a brand of canning jars. It's my preferred brand of canning jars. They work really well for me and they do have a cookbook out there. And it's funny because it's got carrots in it, which when I first read that, I was like, I don't know about that, but it ended up being really delicious. The carrots added some sweetness, some earthiness, um, and it's some of the best tomato soup I've ever had. So the very last thing, and I promised I would tell you how to do it, is tomato paste. So tomato paste is a thing that I have always resented having to buy. Like I said, I don't like having to like buy it and then I only use a tablespoon of it and then I have to put it in a little container and stick it in the fridge and then I forget about it and then I find it like a month later and it's molded or I stick it in the freezer because I don't want it to rot and go to waste and then I forget it's in there and then I go buy more tomato paste and then I find it and I'm really mad at myself. So my way of making and storing tomato paste helps me avoid all those problems. So I'm going to tell you how I do it. Really all I do is dice up a whole bunch of tomatoes and I throw them in a big tall sided saute pan and I add just a just like a pinch of salt because the pinch of salt encourages the tomatoes to kind of start weeping the juices out and um, you just cook on like medium heat, not high heat, just medium, um, until the tomatoes start to get kind of mushy. 
once they've gotten nice and mushy and a little like stewed tomatoes in terms of their consistency, you're going to spoon all of that or dump all of that into a blender and just blend it up. Because like I said, we just diced them. We left the skins on, we left the seeds in, and this is just the easiest way to kind of get it a smooth, nice, consistent texture because it's not going to be deep enough that you can use in one of those stick blenders, one of those immersion blenders. Um, so I dump it in a blender, blend it, like whiz it up until it is nice and smooth, no skins, no seeds are apparent, and then I throw it back in that same um, deep-sided saute pan turn the heat down to like medium low or low so it's fine it's okay if it bubbles just a tiny bit but you don't want it like really really quickly bubbling and I let that go I let it cook on um, medium low for gosh probably an hour or two you want to stir it often so that it doesn't stick to the bottom so that it doesn't start to burn a good non-stick saute pan is going to be your friend here and you want it to cook down until most of the moisture is left, until you can kind of take just like a regular um, spoon, kitchen spoon, dip it in there, and the tomato paste sticks to the spoon so it doesn't slide right off. Because if it slides off, that means there's still too much moisture in it. You want it to be like if you dug a spoon inside a can of tomato paste and it kind of sticks to the spoon. So keep cooking it, keep cooking it. If you need to turn the heat up a little bit to kind of like try and make that process a little bit faster, go ahead. Just make sure that you are constantly, constantly stirring it so that it doesn't burn because it will burn really, really easily on higher heat because tomatoes do have a decent amount of sugar content in there. Once your tomato paste is done, I have some ice cube molds made, made out of silicone so they're non-stick. And um, I take spatula and I just slap that tomato paste into the ice cube molds. And once they're, the ice cube molds are all like leveled off and completely full, I stick the ice cube trays in the freezer and I let them freeze for 24 hours. And then once they're frozen, I pop all those tomato paste ice cubes out into a freezer bag. And then whenever I have a recipe in the fall or in the winter that calls for tomato paste, one of those cubes generally is about a tablespoon of tomato paste. So it's like if it's one tablespoon, I grab one ice cube. If it calls for two tablespoons of tomato paste, I grab two ice cubes. It's just super, super simple, really easy. None of it goes to waste. I know where it's at in my freezer. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, tomato paste hiding in the back of the fridge or the back of the freezer. So that is how I store my tomatoes in all those different ways and I find uses for every single one of those different ways and I hope you will as well. So that's it for this episode. I do want to let you know one really cool little thing. If you go to my podcast page on Anchor, so anchor.fm slash grow your own food, you can actually leave voice reviews. You can ask me questions with those voice reviews. So if you have a question that you want answered in the next episode, go to anchor.fm slash grow your own food and leave a voice review on this episode. And I will do my best to answer your question at the start of the next episode. So that's it for today. Thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you and I hope to see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. 
Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.